Will Rodriguez is a force on fourth down. Prior to arriving at UCLA, where he develops kickers, punters, and snappers, he spent time under the tutelage of former legendary LA Rams special teams coach John Fossil, now with the Cowboys, where he learned philosophy, scheme, strategy, and how to develop a world-class special teams platoon. When he's not busy recruiting or coaching, Will gives back to the coaching community by running various special teams talks around the country. You won't want to miss this. Enjoy. What's the one thing you see kickers getting wrong today that when you see it just makes you like your heart cry <laughs> if you could fix it? I would say probably one of the biggest things I've seen is young kickers. I mean, I know when myself being young in the field and learning how to play, we want to just kick. We just go and just go after it. Um, just knowing how many times we're supposed to actually get reps, how many is mental in terms of, Walking through stuff, you talk, you hear about leg swings, one steps, full swing. What's the right number? And usually it's tough because a lot of young men do not understand this. And they think I got to kick 65 times just to make sure I get this right. And I was guilty of that when I was playing. I didn't know any better learning and but learn from a lot of great people um, in, in the field, a lot of coaching gurus. Um, but I would say that's probably one of the things that kind of, as you would say, yeah, it's like, uh, pull back or, or like seeing, seeing my young kickers, like at Azusa Pacific, they would just get out like, my dude, you kicked like 60 balls already. Like, right. you're going to be sore. You're going to be tight. You're going to end up getting injured. Right. Turn. And that's one of those things that like, uh, like my punter over there, Came mid-season, he was like, dang, coach, I feel fresh. I'm like, yeah, because we're only kicking you two times a week, three times on, on game day. You're, you're getting in stretches. You're working on technique. You're working on leg swings on your own. Now, granted, yeah, my head coach looked at me and was like, he's like, coach, is he going to kick today? I'm like, yeah, he, he's, he's kicking these days. But we got to keep him fresh because he's doing punting and field goals. And – there's a lot of young men in NCAA that in all divisions are doing either two to, two to three or all three. Mm-hmm. And it's just trying to figure out what the correct number is just to make sure that they're keeping away from injury. Because I was, unfortunately, I tore my groin. Yeah. Too much, and it's just knowledge of the game. Knowledge yep. of is right. And do you think that's uh, a result of a lot of kids – basically kicking on their own even if you are a really good kicker in high school like you're you're basically unsupervised outside of the the five minutes you do field goal and kick off and then you just do whatever you want so do you feel and when I coach kids it's almost like they worry that they're gonna forget how to kick and I have to end on a bomb and then like it's it's always that curse of just one more like and just one more turns yeah. into just 30, 60 more. <laughs> so wh- where do you think that comes from? Like, why are kids overkicking? I think they're overkicking because they think that you need, they're trained by you need to get reps to get it right. And, and, and this may be true in, in some positions in football, but, it, but in the kicking world, I mean, it's a pendulum swing. It, think of a quarterback throwing a ball over 80 times. Right. He's pitching. You see your, your pitchers, they pitch 
probably around 80, 90 pitchers in a given game, and then they don't do anything for literally three, three days. They're icing, they're sore, they're tired, they're fatigued. So, so think of it kind of as the same as, as a kicker. Now, yes, I, I always want to end on a good note because you want to – it's always that – like I use my golf terms, like you hear a bunch of guys, I'm a big avid golfer. I played in college, I played college golf. So it's just seeing that what's the one stroke that brings you back and you want to get that one stroke that's okay. Mm -hmm. I feel good where where I left off on. And it's where I'll talk to my guys and it's basically like, okay, we have 12 kicks. We got 10 in, felt really good. We, we had one miss and like, he's like, Coach, can you get three more? I'm like, okay, let's get three more. But if, but if, if one of these you crush, we're just going to walk off. Right. So, so I'm giving that like, Hey, this is my within reason without training. But then if we have a couple straight in a row, like, dude, you had a great day. <laughs> yeah. Just let a great day be a great day. Right. And then like, the last ball is a shank and you're like, ah, oh, no, give me one more. And then you just kind of spiral out of control. Now, um, do you, I guess, what about in terms of recruiting? Cause I think there's a huge gap between kicking at the FBS level and, or having the talent to kick at the FBS level versus actually having that talent translate to FBS productivity. Cause like, there are kids who can hit a ball a mile and it's great. And they they go to these ranking camps and cool. You can hit 65 yards with a hurricane at your back, but then you your first extra point you shank in front of coach and then you're buried the rest of training camp so much for the ranking. So why do you think there's a, there's, or what do you see as the big misunderstandings between high school kicking versus college kicking at your level? So one of the first things I try to, give the message to the young players coming through camps like, like the last camp I was a part of at UCLA, which we're allowed to actually participate more than we're now. Normally um, is just talk to the kids, let them know, hey, this is kind of what I'm looking for. Um, think, of, think of this, um, you're kicking off a block, usually it's between one inch to maybe no, probably no more than like a, a sliver, which I've talked to many young specialists. They, they're trying to get down to that. Um, and it's one of those things that just takes them some time and um, a lot of time they really need to think of like, okay, to be considered at certain levels, what does it take to actually train properly to get yourself ready for that next jump? Because if a kid is still on a one inch or half inch block, after senior year, then how much time is a specialist coach going to have to utilize just to get him ready mm-hmm. for day one to start? Not to compete, but just to start. There's a lot of growing pains that go along with it. And that's one of the things, like when I recruited my kicker over at Azusa Pacific, where we spoke at one of the camps, he was still on a, like a half-inch block. And I, I, I challenged him, like, hey, Obviously, recruiting you really like you a lot, but this is the thing that that's going to help transition you faster to be able to play at a, at a very acceptable level. Mm-hmm. And now, fast forward a whole year later, I'm no longer there. He signs with me prior for me leaving, and you know, with UCLA, I, I keep in contact with all the coaches there and 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 the new coordinator over there, 
And they said, well, this guy is the real deal. This, this, is, this is a good kicker. Now, it, this, this doesn't come to play unless the kid takes the information and does on the field and produces himself in practice to get himself ready because he could have very easily have just stayed, coach, am I doing that? Because mm-hmm. I've heard many coaches in high school, they sometimes will say, senior year, you are kicking on a block regardless because mm-hmm. that's what they want. Now, right. there are a lot of inconsistencies with, like you're talking about, the, the ranked players and seeing how they kick because everybody looks great on air. I was a pure kicker coming out. Um, I was good on air, but it's one of those things that we put you put under pressure. All of a sudden, things get a little more, a little more tougher. So you have the snapper, you think of the holder, and then you're using a block. Mm-hmm. So you have different pieces that kind of goes into play in that in terms of the kids' development. Now, I do love the the uh, the camps that that are out there to help give guys competition because I mean you, you try to somebody who the best guy is in the area. But at the end of the day is you have a very worn in football on sticks with nobody around you. Right. How now do you see uh I guess how big of a difference does it make with with you know because there's always that one kid at a camp and he's like it's my ball and like he has to kick his ball and you know he's really annoying. But like What's the what's the difference between kicking a brand new ball versus like a worn in ball in terms of distances? Like that when you were with the Rams, what was that different? Like how far could Zerline hit a broken in ball versus a, a brand new ball? So broken in on on game day during during pregame warmups, he would go probably no no further than probably sixty five on a good day. He generally would always give a sixty yard kind of in there, but if he felt really froggy that day, he he back it up and balls that they that the equipment uh, staff does for the team they do a great job in trying to get them broken in because obviously they have their own rules you have i think going quote minutes but i think it's like 45 minutes to get six footballs broken in mm-hmm. now most teams will either do all of them or they'll just do three obviously spending more time on the first two giving ball three some love balls four five and six literally are still fresh out of the box right those Generally, do not want to kick those balls in, and um, I mean, obviously, Zerline, Tucker, a bunch of other other great specialists in the uh, football league. They would rather have a ball still broken in because the ball is a nice, softer feel. It's, I mean, it's it's crazy how it is, but it's just breaking in the seams. So it's in the ball contact. It's helping the the pop from when a ball wraps around your foot and springs off. Right. Gotcha. So those guys definitely do give all – they do help the game for a specialist aspect in, in the equipment world. Those guys, I'll be honest, they are loved by every every equipment guy. The uh, ball guys? I know Wilkie, Josh Brown, Durline. I unfortunately do not know who the new kicker is. I haven't met him yet, so mm-hmm. – but they all loved the equipment guys. <laughs> yeah, if you take care of your equipment, guys, man, they'll help you out. I mean, that's true. High school, college, you know, pros. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Our, our guys at UCLA do, do, do a great job getting, getting, getting gear ready, ready for game day for the guys to perform at their peak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when you are working with, you know, when you, when you have guys first come in to UCLA, um, I guess how do you balance – 
or in general, or like, you know, this could be with when you were the Rams or, or uh, your other college, but how do you balance the fundamentals of kicking with like what works best for everybody? So like Zerline doesn't look like Tucker, but they both have the ball high, far and straight. So I'm wondering like, cause every coach has a different philosophy. Some coaches say, I want you to kick this way only. How do you balance like the, the personal with like those fundamentals? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, this, I mean, obviously me, me being a golfer and me being a kicker, there's a lot of similarities that kind of play. I, I know Randy Brown has talked a lot about it. I know David Akers has talked a lot about it. Sure. B- b- both those guys very close with, also a little more close with David. Now, now that, now that his uh, son will, is going to be a Bruin. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, fall. Who's a, who's a righty, I think, right? He is a righty. Yeah. So obviously getting to, help him out. Obviously I got to work within the NCAA rules, but to help him out uh, will be a little different than, than with, with, with JJ or right. with any other specials because he's a higher cut kid, higher cut meaning his hip, his longer leg. He's, he, yeah. He is kind of taller. Like, do you find it's harder for taller guys to get consistent or is it just a little bit different coaching style? Cause there's not many kickers over like what, six foot in the NFL. Um, I would say it's about two is, is about the average. Mm-hmm. Zerline was, was probably a shade over six. Um, I mean, we joke at the Rams offices all the time, but hey, I'm five one one zero, so I'm five eleven on the dot. I'm like, dang, I'm so close <laughs> to this foot, but yeah. But, but I mean, it's one of those things that it's weird. I've, I've been in the football league in the NFL since 2007, and I know from different GMs, different managers. Um, they have a book of qual- of qualifications of what size is the right size, what is the right mold. Like specialist kickers, they're supposed to be between 6'4 to 6 foot. And punters, they, they want to be 6'2 six, six plus. And then you also have, have a young man of the name of Blair Walsh come in, Cairo Santos. Obviously didn't by by those definitions don't fit the bill but they are great kickers they don't um they they work themselves outside the box they are they're actually soccer former soccer players mm-hmm. so when you're talking about technique wise how to train those guys think of them more like like golfing wise everyone's gonna be a little different think of flexibility is a little different for a high cut guy than it's for a lower cut guy some guys may have full extension only up to knee level, some might get literally past its hip. Like, mm-hmm. so those types of guys, you got to train them differently. Now there are some things that are similar. Obviously everyone's got their different philosophy of, of the side step. Is it shoulder width? Is it slightly over? I mean, everyone's got, got their, their own mathematical equation that they think is right. But that's the thing, as, as a coach, you have to teach everyone differently because not everyone's the same cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But biggest thing I've seen, especially a lot of young kids, they don't understand. A lot of times I see that the plant foot tends to be more, I call at a closer to 11, 11.30. In terms like, of, a, like a clock, right? Exactly. I use a clock a lot in, in terms of it's, it's a quick fix, quick adjustment guys understand it really easily. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, um, always think of, of a geometry. 
your body goes to always least resistance. So when you swing and your foot's open, where's your body going to not drift to? It's going to drift hard to the left. Right. But with the, with the way I teach it and the way I've, I've learned from, from a bunch of other NFL guys, I mean, even keeping with Zerline, kicking with Josh Brown. I actually kicked with, with, with Shane Graham back in the day. He, oh, yeah? I, I should have asked him about that. that. I joke about that at CBC High School in St. Louis with him and him, Josh Brown and Diane Jones. This is like way back yeah. when, I still, when I was still in college. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm, almost, I'm obviously younger, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to kick with these guys and yeah. just see what they do, see what, how they conduct themselves outside of the office. Sure. But uh, in terms of, in terms of um, the uh, plant for wise, yeah, I mean, if you, it's kind of the same thing like soccer, your hips are going to tell you where that ball is going to go. Mm-hmm. So, so, so do you want your kickers finishing with their hips like square to the uprights? A little bit more, and everyone's going to be everyone's going to be slightly different just based on the cut. Sure. Obviously, my string's going to be different than Luke's. Luke's obviously higher cut than me. He's taller than me, so so he's going to, have to be tweaked slightly different. Yeah. Um, but because um, in terms of power wise, you tend they tend to actually get more power going towards the goalpost as a way, and there's less chance of hitting the right pen the ball because a lot of specials I've seen on tape on these circuits, they literally hit the right panel and you usually see a lot of left to right pushes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. So the, you see most, most righty kickers will tend to wrap around the ball. Exactly. Cause, th- cause think of like kicking a goal kick from soccer. You're, le- you're leaning hard to the left, and you're pulling through, and the ball's going to have a little bit of a pull to it. Now, obviously, a soccer ball is a little less drag than a football, just based on the, uh, on the way it's built. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. There's some things that I've kind of seen just through my experiences. Now, when you were, um, you know, obviously, Fossil's one of the, the most well-known special teams coaches around. I know the Cowboys snagged him, but um, – and under his tutelage, I would say, like him, the Ravens, a couple other teams have, have really had productive special teams units. I mean, yeah, it helps that Johnny Hecker is like a giant. But, you know, what was it about? What was it like working with him? Because I feel like a lot of times there's a tension almost between assistant special teams coaches and special teams coaches or like a kicking coach and then the mm-hmm. special teams coach. It seems like Fossil can speak X's and O's as well as he can understand the, the technical side of things. What was it like working with him? Exactly. Uh, I mean, Fossil was absolutely unbelievable to work for, work under. Um, just my opportunity to actually be paired up with him was pretty unique. I mean, me being a personal background with the Rams, and then in 2012, I was asked to help retool the kicking aspect of it. I was in charge of giving Fossil the list of the top guys. So just kind of getting to know Fossil, um, talk to him a bit about just just my thoughts in terms of ability, strength, technique-wise. I mean, just like you think of guys like Greg Zerland, D2 kickers, like, wow, why, why is a D2 kicker getting drafted? Now, granted, there's, there's more D2 guys coming up now and more and more, but it's like there's certain things that I was able to see ahead of time to, to pass on to him mm-hmm. because he, unfortunately, with the way the NFL worked was, they would always get lists from only D1 guys. 
not really often you would really pull up trust in a D2 kicker. But one of the biggest things with Witherland that really impressed me through his, his ability and technique-wise was two of his kicks from 58 yards were in the middle of the first quarter. Wow. Which I'm sure a lot of young specialists would say, no one's ever let me kick a ball over 52 yards in a game, let right. alone the half set scenarios. So obviously speaks trust and volume with that. And Falso understood just the, just all that in terms of like technique wise and, and what to look for. Uh, I would stand there with, with Falso, like when we watch Zerline kick it and kind of just watch certain things. He he asked you tell me to watch certain thing like hey watch plant foot watch watch how he falls through, tell me if you see anything different, and just learning how to be another set of eyes for Greg to help give him some some good knowledge. Now obviously, me being where I was in terms of the pecking order, I'm gonna give my vision to false of what I saw and let and let him distribute it because it just wasn't my place. Sure. I mean as a, uh, as a scheme guy, I mean just getting a chance to just watch tape with, with the man and just kind of see the increases and, and everything he's looks at. It's so detail oriented, way more detail oriented than I've ever even thought. And I've been helping a bunch of different special coaches over my years with the Rams, just kind of small jobs, just kind of helping out here and there, still kind of learning. I was in, in my early twenties. So, um, but in terms of a person to work for me, I mean, Fossil was unbelievable because he didn't have to bring me over to the coaching side and help him. Mm -hmm. it, it, it started with, with just working with him in terms of helping him with kick charts, tendencies, building skeletons of, of the reports to actually being heavily involved in, in the game planning and data entry, which everyone says, well, I hate data entry. I don't want to put this in. Well, it's really a big part of it. Sure. Because you're trying to figure out mathematical mathematics in terms of the chances of a ball going in what direction. If your right hash and and the punter's hips are going are going to your left, what are the chances that ball's going there? What's the tendency? What's it tell? Look, look looking back at the Dallas game that we got the punt blocked at one in 2016. One of the things that we me and Foss looked at was okay, gunner sinks, gunner's not sinks, um, hips towards what direction, what's, give, what's the tell? It's always going to be the snapper. And and just watching, uh, I think it's Diossi at the time, he would actually hold the – so most guys hold the ball kind of more dead center. Mm -hmm. He holds the ball slightly off to his left. So his body's always going to open up naturally to, to the other side. Interesting. So just trying to find certain ways to, to like, get them isolated. Think of it as a little – as a hitch you're trying to find in, in a giddy-up. See, yeah. okay – Pick him and double run this. So sure. fossil, unbelievable, just trying to pick out this information and, and teach me what to look for. But not just that, also a way to really give the, these guys a lot of great detail without overloading them, make it easy, make it fun. I mean, that's fossil's biggest thing was, was business is business, but we're going to enjoy doing what we're doing. And his passion and love for not just the game, but for his players speaks volumes. These, these, these young men will literally run through a wall for that man. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. I think for, you know, especially when you get up to the NFL, there's obviously like, you know, you hear about that kind of, those kind of relationships more like in high school or, or college, but it just kind of speaks volumes that he was still able to have that camaraderie, even despite being inside this juggernaut business called the NFL. 
Um, what do you see? And so I guess like, let's kind of transition up to punting a little bit. Obviously Johnny Hacker's very talented. He's easy gamer. Um, you know, he, it helps being six, seven and just to launch nukes. But what do you, what makes him so unique as a punter? And then what do you, so two questions, what makes Johnny Hacker so unique as a punter? What's his unfair advantage over every other part in the NFL? And then the second question, what's the one thing that you see a lot of high school recruits getting wrong about their punting training? So with Johnny, what was definitely unique, just even seeing him at a college was, um, they were a big rugby-oriented team, so just trying to figure him out as a player for the National Football League. Um, he really didn't have very many pro punts, true operation, 2-0 operation time. So I think uh last two years of his career in, in Oregon State, he had about 20 pro punts, and, and about over half of those were literally 60 yards, and they were directional. I was like, wow. But then you see he has so many rugby. So it's like, wait a minute, what is he? Can he do this consistently? And just being able to kind of see him and and just watch on tape. And obviously, at the time, we didn't have a very high grade on him coming out. And, and then I got a chance to take a look at like, you know, this is more this guy than, than, than I thought because every player – you, you think of, okay, what is his ceiling? Because you look at a guy like Aaron Donald, what's his ceiling? Can he get there? And just just get a chance to talk to Johnny and, and his coach over there, um, just getting to see, okay, th- this guy is, he enjoys life, fun, hard worker, um, very athletic. One thing I didn't know about, know about him early in the process until we actually worked him out over there at Oregon State was that he was a former quarterback and and the man's got, I think, like 10-inch hands, massive. It's like, it's like he's shaking your wrist. It's, it's crazy just, just how, how big he is uh, as, as a punter because you're thinking punters are not usually, I think, what is he, about 6'5"-ish? Yeah. So he's, he's, a, he's a big individual, very athletic. Um, I would say definitely what's different about him is just the way he conducts himself just on and off the field. On the field, he is business as usual. He works his butt off, and people probably don't see the, the punts that I've seen that really humanizes them. Is like by like, hey, look, he's a great player, Pro Bowl type, Pro Bowl caliber, very capable of doing it every year. Has done it multiple multiple years, and and even those guys sometimes have bad days and just sure. shake them off, and they go back to basics. They go back to to ball to ball drops, punt passes, just small technique adjustments. Um, not to mention that he has his big variety of kicks. He has. Um, I know Randy Brown has talked about about Cook's ball, right? And then Hecker's Hecker done. If one is very very similar, I believe it's pretty exact to that. And he's also done what at, what everyone's called the the banana kick. That no yeah, one ever, that's now if you mess up that banana kick, you might as well just walk to the other team's sideline. But it's it's tough because you because you you it makes it harder for the returner, but you lose a lot of distance. So it's one of those tough shots. It's like okay, one can I use it? One can I not? And and then you look on the sideline like, well, we we're in a quadrant, but we're still in Greg Zerline's range. So yeah, yeah, his range is everywhere. So let's just take let's take the points. Yeah. But, um, 
Um, yeah, so Hector does a great job with that. I mean, I mean, it's his volume speaks words, um, as well as I mean, we'll have fun on the sidelines too. Now, doesn't mean we're, we're goofing off at all, but after a hard day's work through, through the week, we we will have a little bit of competition Thursday. Yeah. So what what were Fossil's competition Thursdays like? Oof. Um, we've done kick tech toe. Okay. We've done soccer golf. Um. A couple others. I mean, it's basically putting the ball on the ground and having a tic-toe board and just kicking a ball and just let it go in circles and land a spot. Gotcha. <laughs> so we've we've had we've had our laughs with that. Me and uh, me me and I, I, me and Johnny have had a good neck and neck on that. Mm-hmm. Me and Zerline, not so good. He's he's owned me in that one. Completely. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's uh. It'll be interesting to see how he pans out with the Cowboys. I mean, I. I think he's especially kicking indoors. I mean, kicking in LA wasn't the weather was great anyway, but um, you know, being indoors and all that stuff. And I think as long as he stays healthy, he'll he'll be quite productive. But um, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I I see Zerland doing really well out, out there. I mean, obviously, anytime a kicker gets an injury, you just gotta just know know how to probably maintain them and in, in their exposure and their kicks. I know Bones is is great at that. So so that that's a, perfect marriage completely um and and to the other question in terms of just the uh kickers coming out of high school i mean one of the things i've seen just going over tape there's not most kickers actually call themselves kickers and not punters mm-hmm. so, so i i do see just going off of tape there's more there's well more than six to one ratio of guys who are kickers than punters so I, would you say that there's like a lack of quality punting prospects in the U.S.? I wouldn't say lack of quality. I just think young men want, want to be kickers first. Right. I, I think uh, punting is definitely – it's hard. It's, it's not easy by any means. I mean, I'll, I'll dabble with it on the side. It's, I mean, I was never a great punter, but I knew how to punt. I, I knew what to do. I knew how to get the ball spin over. But I don't think there's enough young men actually trying to focus on just punting alone because obviously you have you see kickers who play receiver, you see them play quarterback, you see them being playing all over the field, which is great. You what you want to see, you want to see them be athletic, and they're trying to maximize their opportunity for the next level. And 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 I totally agree agree with that. Mm -hmm. But in the punting world, you don't see many of them being as big like. Even looking at at the class coming up, I don't see as many big punters as I thought I would. Interesting. Which, which, which probably why you you see places like like Kick, Kick Australia, the, like the like you see a lot of Aussies. Sure. And now they've kicked, they've punted, literally since they've had a womb. <laughs> right. What, what was was the joke that 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 my punter last year Wade least was always joking me about yeah well yeah and i think it's it's if you think about and I, i've had Chappie on here and he's awesome to talk to and you know it, i understand australian football it's it's on the run and when you try to prep an aussie guy for american football you suddenly you like put him in a box and he can't move and suddenly you take this very fluid natural on the run thing and then you kind of 
uh, you you almost have to turn them into like a soldier just to like walk straight forward and punt. But in the U.S., outside of a couple pockets in the in the Northeast, there's really like there's not a lot of Gaelic uh, football, rugby, or Australian football that's out here. There's no sport that mimics catching a ball with your hands and then placing it and then dropping it onto your foot, and kicking it. Um, whereas even though the Australian guys, yeah, they might struggle with the get off time and suddenly you you're constricted, but that motion is always so natural, hand, you know, ball to hand to foot. Whereas a lot of American guys don't have that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely tough. I mean, it, it, it just depends on, on do the kids actually want to do it? Cause I mean, I mean, actually just trying to talk to these young men about even playing special teams. They're like, well, I want to be a receiver. I want to be a DB. I want to be a linebacker. Well, right. at the end of the day, you have to want to be a full player. And by being that, you have to be a <laughs> player. I mean, that's one thing that, that that when I got to UCLA, I talked to Coach Sage about because because I'm trying to help, help him be, be the best coordinator in, in, in Pac-12 and do what I can to support him and just share my knowledge of stuff that I've been a part of and things that can kind of help resonate with our room. Right. And, and he's done, done a great job this this past year and, and, and allowed me to have a bigger voice than I was ever anticipating even being able to have in my first uh, Division One job um, right. by talking about how, like, Coach Fossil looks at at the roster and Greg Williams like, okay, Fossil, who of these last DBs do you want? And, and it's crazy. He picks the one that's always like Ryan McLeod. Wasn't a great safety. He was a good safety, but wasn't great. And Greg Williams like, don't worry. I'll find a way. I'll find a way to scheme him if we have to play him this year. But I do not want to leave you in a, in a liability. Right. Yeah, and it's and, it's funny. You look at guys like Matt Matthew Slater for the Pats, and I remember before him Larry Izzo. I mean, played for gosh well over 10 years just on special teams that's how valuable you could be but you know even in high school it's like you know obviously you have smaller teams and you know you don't always have the numbers to spare guys on special teams but coaches really they don't see it as an opportunity they see it as a sign of failure that your offensive scheme just blew up in your face (laughs) and it's just like you, you hold your breath for four seconds on fourth down hope nothing gets too bad and then you just pick up where you left off Oh, absolutely, and, and and that's where 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 we pride ourselves in because everyone talks about X plays, X plays defense, X plays an offense. Well, every X play is generally twenty plus yards, if not forty yards, it depending on the phase. Now, especially teams, it's always a forty yard punt. Now, you hope, you hope it's a forty yard punt at least, but I mean, but I mean, in terms of just trying to be, be able just to dominate that, I mean, I mean, I've had many great talks with a. Uh, with Matthew Slater, obviously him being a former Bruin, and in, in even even my connection to him, me and, me and uh, his father, Jackie Slater, or real close. I've known Jackie for years. He used to play for my my family years years ago, and and he actually helped me get my first coaching job at really? Sud Pacific. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I think uh, it's yeah, I think Colt, like if you add up all the yardage that special teams produces you know for both teams you're almost I mean it's like 800 yards you're almost talking about a thousand yards of field position exchange every game that nobody seems to give a darn about (laughs) because 
it's nobody – I mean, people get excited when Johnny Hecker comes to the field, not because he's going to punt, but because he might throw a touchdown pass. But, yeah, it's, it's, it is really tough to – do you, do you find that – I mean, obviously in college it's probably a little different at UCLA, but did you find that Fossil was able to – I guess, like, how did he come up with, like, a weekly narrative for how you're going to – like, how did he excite people – or how do you excite your your players for special teams weekly? Um, Just always thinking basically as, as, a, com- as a competition for, for the most part. I mean, I mean just talk about, like, hey, like – after week week three, I mean, I, I would go through our stats and kind of see where we at, and seeing like, okay, we were like, like my first got there for the future, I think we're like in the hundred range, and, and also now we're somewhere really in the top twenty five. It's like, okay, coach, let's let's bring this up to the guys because guys are like, well, man, we came from where to where now, right? And <laughs> things like guys are like, look, look, look at what you're doing, look what you put on tape. Um, all the hard work you're doing. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's, t- it's tough to learn different things in terms of not just scheme, but techniques. I mean, just try to make everything for these young men as easy as possible, make their techniques as seamless for special teams as they are for their, spe- their, um, their positional indie, because that's essentially what we did with, uh, with, with Coach Fossil. And that's, and that's what I learned from him and, and just paying it forward to giving these guys that opportunity to be able to succeed because they want to be at the next level. Right. So by, by getting these tools now, now granted, um, everybody wants to be in the league and you get, and you give them tape that is company. I felt like, wait a minute. Okay. We have tape from here. We're doing this here. We see NFL tape of the techniques being used there. Okay. Then you had the buy-in, you, you have the excitement, and you have the hunger. And like, mm-hmm. I want to do this. Okay, is that what it takes? Okay, I'm in. Let's go. Right. Like, we've had a great buy-in in terms of just getting the guys ready to go each and every week. And just, like, giving them a little competition. Like, hey, like, I'll, I'll put in this kind of report for, for stage of, like, okay, what's the weak link that they might have? Okay, I think we can get this at all this team this week. I think we can get over 30 yards and return yards at a punt return. Like this, like this, these are some goals I see as hitting. Right. And, and, and given those types of things, like, okay, they want to get after or a particular block look. Like, a, like we're talking to one of the linebackers, like, hey, what do you think about this one? He's like, oh yeah. Okay. I got you coach. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. It's I just mean, giving these, these like little tidbits and, like, and they just get like, they just, they just chomp at the bit and ready to go. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you don't want to jump in on special teams, what are you doing at that level anyway? Um, and I think that's, that's such a great way to market yourself to, um, you know, NFL, uh, college to NFL or especially high school to college, because, you know, you're, you're limited on your game day roster, your travel bus roster. Um, you know, most freshmen are not going to see action at the position they're recruited for. They're going to see action as a gunner, as an upback, as somebody on kickoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how you make the bus. Now, what would be, and this will we'll kind of wrap up after this, obviously coronavirus has thrown a, a wrench into recruiting and kind of the, the cyclical regimented nature of college football. Um, what would be one piece of advice you would give a rising senior in high school who wants to try to kick or punt next year in college? Well, definitely the, the biggest thing is, is exposure 
in, in constant communication to, co- to coaches. Um, I, I, I know I've seen many guys are doing a great job of posting stuff, but most importantly, staying safe through, through this time period because obviously every state's going to be different of what's allowed. Obviously, right. you don't want to in any jeopardizing thing to your own safety, safety of others, or doing anything illegal. So obviously, um, keep keeping that in mind. Uh, education is is the biggest thing because we talk about football every day. It's student athletes, student first. Our biggest slogan at UCLA is books and ball. If you don't have your books, you ain't playing ball. Right. So biggest thing is just focusing on studies, take taking care of business in 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 that world. Um, in terms of posts, love love seeing kids post stuff. But but to be honest, coaches love seeing you actually kicking the ball consistently from inside 50 yards consistently because think of how many times a kick is kicked outside of that in a game. Not very often. Now, yes, we'd like to see what your max distance is, but mm-hmm. what's going to get a coach. And, and, and in terms of um, just getting yourself ready for that, I know there's, there's many schools that have canceled camps, which is going to affect kid, kids. Um, Obviously, there are those camps out there, like the Sailors and the Coles and so forth, that do a great job help promoting these young men. I don't know when those are open at all. Um, I know those do help get exposure, which at the end of the day is what these young men need. Right. Um, but definitely going back to like what we mentioned earlier, kicking off a block, and I'm saying without a block. Right. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to use that when you're playing at any other school. Sure. Yeah, and I think it's yeah, – I go back and forth on it a lot because I know a lot of the high school coaches around here and you know, we'll argue till you know, the cows come home. But they're always like, listen, our holder needs something. It's going to help us out with an edge. All right, if you have to use something, use a half inch. Train off the ground, and if your coach just won't budge, use a half inch. It's not going to kill you in season, but – yeah, you should you should not be using a two inch block if you're a senior in high school. Exactly, like like even talk, talking to Luke, talking to David about it and Luke, they they've taken one and shaved that thing all the way flat. So you, it's a block, but it's not really. It's just it, it's I call it more of a marking piece for the for the holder to make sure he gets a spot right. Right. Because holding is tough. Because I mean, it. I mean, it's. I, I looked at some tape in um, in NFL and with a particular kicker in 2012 that I graded. I saw inconsistencies with the holder, and by missing no more than an inch in a certain direction, you're now forcing the kicker to adjust. Mm-hmm. So, right. so, so obviously, if 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 the young men right right now are have a holder and a snapper they can get work with safely. Then obviously that that helps them because keep in mind also they're going to be their best if those guys are the best. Yeah, definitely. It's and important. Then, and, and how much in just you know you have these conversations as you know most of your most of your job outside of the season. How much easier is that preferred walk on conversation or the tryout scenario situation if a kid gets in on their own? I think it's always I think it's always tough. I mean I think right. kids. Love to have the scholarship. Uh, mm-hmm. Many young men love the po- love the post. <laughs> they like or the post more than, more than kicking sometimes. It, exactly, and um, 
mean, a lot of people don't realize is obviously that people use a portal for, for to move in and out of schools, but you're going to school for your academics. So are you going there for academics? Are you going there for football? And a lot of young men don't look at the roster. They don't see what's out there. Obviously, some, some they're going to get their information from certain people. There's group chats from all these specialists talk to one another, obviously. So obviously, it's like a horse race. They're all kind of jockeying for position. But uh, definitely look at, at the walking spot as an opportunity to compete. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of it comes down to coaches being very um, transparent and very honest with them out of the gates. Because there's, there's, there, there's different ways that, that is, is handled. Sure. Out, outside how we handle it at, at, at UCLA because we love being transparent and very honest with the kids about what, about the opportunities. Sure. And, and it's the same thing in the NFL. It's, it, it's, it's, it's really interesting is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, man. Well, Hey, well, I appreciate you taking time to chat with us and um, hang on one second. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Kickers Are People 2 podcast. If you like this episode, or even better, if you didn't like it, please drop us a review on iTunes so we can get better for everybody else. It's important because we're going to start to give away some free, cool prizes in the coming weeks, episodes, and seasons. Thank you.